Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw, brought to you by the Distraction Pieces Network, the wonderful podcast network that this podcast is brought to you by. Incredible podcasts throughout the whole of the network. So many that have apparently featured Jimmy Havoc the most uh, is something that we've been discussing this week. He is the guest that's been on the most podcasts on this network little factoid for you to kick things off there uh, make sure you go and support every podcast that's on the network loads and loads of stuff for you guys to get involved with we are also um as i'm talking shop at the beginning of this podcast we're also doing a live tuesday night jaw at fab cafe in manchester on october the 13th um following the progress show at the o2 ritz it will be kicking off roughly about eight half eight and tickets are available now First confirmed guest is, of course, Jim Smallman, who will be doing his last ever Manchester show on that date. Uh, so it's a great opportunity for you guys to come and have a chat with us uh, and get to ask him a few questions as well. The live shows are really, really good fun, super chilled out, super relaxed. And it's a great opportunity for, for us to, to talk to you as well as you guys talking to us. I'm hopefully confirming two other guests for that show when everything is all lined up and stuff like that but i'm really really looking forward to that so tickets are on sale now uh, you can get them via my pin tweet on my twitter i'm at m richards host make sure you click through there so obviously i had last week off because i was ill which was more annoying than it was painful because uh, i don't get ill very often and it's the first time i've missed a tnj since i've taken over so i am now back uh, I'm not going to say I'm better than ever because, you know, I'm not Eric Bischoff, but uh, it is really nice to be back. And I'm going to do the episode that I was planning on doing last week. I'll be honest with you, this concept came around. It's been in the back of my head for a while. The reason I've pushed it through is because I've been struggling to nail down some guests that I've wanted on recently. So it's a basically a self-contained, self-sufficient type episode because it only involves one person and that is me. So the concept of this episode is I'm going to talk about one of my favorite matches in history. This match is available on the WWE Network. 
Um, and if I continue to do this series slash episodes like this, the matches will be available for you to watch, as I think that's an integral part of getting you excited for something that you can watch because otherwise it'd be dead weird if I was just talking on a podcast about a match and then you guys can't watch it. So that is what this week's episode is. Um, I'm going to do all the, the, the jazz at the beginning just so it flows a bit better and you also don't have to stick around to the end um, and listen to me ramble as I'm rambling now. You know where to find me. I'm on Twitter at mrichershost as I previously mentioned. Make sure you get your tickets for TNJ. Make sure you support everything on Tuesday Night Jaw. Hopefully I'll see you at the OT Ritz as well for the Progress Show in Manchester on October the 13th. Always love doing Manchester. Always love saying hello to everyone up there. So I'm really looking forward to it. But let's get started with this week's episode. In 2011, FCW Florida Championship Wrestling was WWE's quote-unquote performance center. Maybe more accurately, it could be described as the developmental system. Still very old school, and you still hear a lot of the main roster stars that came through that place talk about its limited and somewhat throwback feel in terms of facilities on offer. A lot of future WWE champions would appear after spending time down at FCW. But during the year of 2011, FCW signed one of the most notorious American independent wrestlers who'd be making a name for himself at such promotions like Dragon Gate USA. An unhinged and troubled individual in the ring, it was his might skills that really got him the notice and the eyes on him that would lead to him making the move to FCW. What are your plans here? What do you want to do at FCW? The question burning in everybody's mind for years, if it happened somewhere, somehow, if Seth Rollins faced Dean Ambrose, who would win? I already know the answer to that. In T-Town, Rollins does too. But if he wants to erase any doubt in his own mind that he's as good as everybody thinks he is, then he'll face me one-on-one in that ring. So that's it. Right off the bat, you're going to challenge the FCW 15 champion? I mean, isn't that a little bit unusual? you got to understand, I'm a trendsetter. I am a difference maker. I didn't get here by following anybody's lead, and I didn't come here to fit into anybody's mold. As of right now, be ready to forget what you think you know about FCW and this industry, because Dean Ambrose is about to blow the doors off everything. On his first night in the company... He aimed for the person that was holding something called the Jack Briscoe 15 title. Not a championship belt, but a medal. And the rules of that medal slash championship was to be defended in singles matches that lasted 15 minutes. The holder of that championship at the time was none other than Seth Rollins, someone that who would be intertwined with Dean Ambrose's career. The two would have their first contest that would go to a 15-minute time limit draw, even going to a 5-minute overtime, but still there was no winner. This led to a second singles match, which again went the distance of 15 minutes and not deciding who an out-and-out winner was. This would end with the trilogy finishing with a 30-minute Iron Man match, one of arguably the best matches that ever happened in FCW. But today, that's not the match that I'm going to talk about. Ambrose has been compared to a lot of people throughout his career, mainly Roddy Piper, due to his ability to cut a engaging and highly emotional promo. But there was someone at FCW during his time when he came in that 
almost seemed to be the perfect storm for this young wrestler. Someone that you could see a little bit of in his eyes, maybe see a little bit of his dastardly past. And that man was, of course, the villain, William Regal. Though not an active wrestler in FCW, he was a commentator alongside the likes of Dusty Rhodes and Jim Ross later on who would come down for the bigger matches and the bigger shows. And it was during a match between Husky Harris and Richie Steamboat that the inevitability of Regal and Ambrose coming together finally happened. That singles contest descended into a no contest that led to the whole of the locker room emptying after commissioner of the time, Maxine, demanded that it got broke up. As the locker room emptied and separated the two wrestlers, there was Ambrose stood on the fringe of the action, almost reluctant to get involved. As the brawl got wilder and wilder, Maxine was knocked to the ground. As Regal helped Maxine back to her feet, Ambrose almost seized his opportunity, almost like it was a a moment in destiny that this was always going to happen as the soon-to-be lunatic fringe attacked William Regal from behind. Although it wasn't as violent as some of the contests that would happen afterwards, it certainly set in motion into one of the most notorious feuds in FCW history. It's a a very strange thing when one gets comfortable with oneself. Look at this, I had a drop of a tear. Believe me, it's not through sorrow. It's actually a tear of joy. Because I've got so complacent with myself for the last few years. I'm everybody's Mr. Entertainment, Mr. Go-To Guy. But there's a reason that I like Dean Ambrose so much. And that is because I see a kindred spirit. That is because I see a man that I would drag somebody that I didn't like outside into a car park and set fire to them. Everybody else here in FCW would run away. I know Dean Ambrose. He'd come and stand next to me and warm his hands on the bloody flames. That's why I like Dean Ambrose. And now I'm indebted to him because he's awoken something in me, something that I haven't felt for a long time. And I'm bloody glorious about it. I can't believe that I can feel this way again. I was the most diabolical man in the history of this business. I've got a mind that that just works as a villain. True villains can't pretend to be anything else. They are what they are. Dean Ambrose is a... The villain seemingly awakened from his slumber as he treaded water on the main roster finally had a purpose again in his career as Ambrose brought out the old, dastardly version of William Regal. And on the 13th of November 2011, Dean Ambrose and William Regal would have their first ever singles contest. Throughout the match, the wily veteran would take Ambrose apart, dissecting his shoulder using the ring and anything around the ring to his full advantage. One of the spots that really stood out to me during this match was when Regal placed Ambrose's arm between the ring steps and Regal relentlessly continued to attack that shoulder. Then during the final moments of that match, Dean Ambrose defiantly still trying to keep in the fight, despite 
obviously being hurt and his shoulder obviously being damaged, looked up at William Regal and begged for the end, begged for that knee trembler. And the man that cut his teeth in the carnivals of Blackpool obliged, hitting the final knee trembler before covering Ambrose. Be careful what you ask for because you shall receive. And William Regal dropped the words last week and this week he backed it up. Although a decisive victory, it always felt that that there was something unfinished between these two. And you can see in the final moments of this matchup that Ambrose is beaten and broken but still manages to get his way to his feet and stare Regal down. This might have been the first contest between the two, but this set in motion an eight-month obsession and the unravelling of the lunatic fringe, Dean Ambrose. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. As Ambrose's focus shifted to other people during this time in FCW, whether he was wrestling the likes of Sakamoto or James Bronson or even Leiki and Seth Rollins again, his focus always came back to Regal, quite literally taking his eye off his opponent during moments of the match when Regal sat at commentary before delivering either the knee trembler or the Regal stretch. This obsession that grew in Dean Ambrose, although was never really explained, seemed to have a dark and sinister history to it. The way I always saw it was that Dean Ambrose, this street punk from Cincinnati that was a survivor and clawed his way up from the streets, but always lacking a father figure, found someone that in a warped and twisted way that he looked up to and maybe even aspired to be. But much like the other interactions in his life with people that he cared for, there was this violent and troubling relationship that was going on and the intensity being ramped up more by not so much the words they were saying to each other, but the silences in between those words. Because that's what I look at when I look at Dean Ambrose. What? That's why I'm quiet. I know that eventually, whether it be now, whether it be in 20 years, 
Dean Ambrose will be the man that will finish me off out of the wrestling business. I just know it's coming. I don't know. That's a sobering thought. I'm sorry? It's a sobering thought. I don't even know how to respond to that. Nonetheless, Ambrose, no matter who Ambrose faces, you know Ambrose and that's... You know what? Oh! Do you know what I'd like to say? Please, but I, I, I want to hear it. I honestly couldn't think of anybody I've ever met or seen Whoa! that I would prefer that to be. Oh, well, here, here we go again. Uh, especially delivered for you there, Mr. Regal. First the knee and now the Regal stretch. I, I, don't, I don't get this. I, this is, I get it. That's this is, all that matters. Here's your winner, Dean Ambrose. I have to tell you, Mr. Ross, it's, it's a very strange thing for me to sit here. I don't know if you've ever known this in your life, but I truly believe when I look at him, that's Dean Ambrose, that he's going to be the man that finishes off my career somehow. I don't know why that, I, I, whether it be now, whether it be in 20 years, I, I've just got a feeling about that. We are too much of a kindred spirit. We're, we're, it, wow. This is nothing, we're both true, true villains. And, it, and it's, it's something that I don't come across very often. I look into the eyes of my children and the proudest thing about them is that I don't see me staring back at them. All that horribleness that goes on inside my head sometimes. But when I look at him, that's exactly what he's like. Very. And he's 20 years younger than me, and he's, he's only room for one true villain in this world. And one of us is going to have to go, and I think it's going to... At first, Regal seemed revitalized and re-energized at the prospect of finding someone as dastardly as him. And as these eight months went on and Regal observed and watched Ambrose more, I think he came to the realization that this was the man that was going to be his demise and seemed to prolong the inevitable, even saying as much during his commentary on Dean Ambrose's matches. James Bronson connects with that regal knee there. Dean Ambrose now might have knocked out James Bronson to the point to hook your regal stretch. Where, where are you going, William? Ladies and gentlemen. Ambrose looking at regal. Regal getting up and strolling away. Ambrose looking at Regal in disbelief as Ambrose is using Regal's own finishing maneuver to try to win this match by tap out. Almost here. And there's the tap out. There it is as you see Bronson tapping out. From joy, albeit twisted and dark, to a dark future as Regal had to come face to face with the living embodiment of his past sins only taking solace in the fact that he could look his children in his eyes and not see him. But here was this man, this enigma, that was staring right at him with all that raw, twisted, damaged energy that Regal once had. I don't really feel like talking. But since they're too scared to let me do anything else tonight, because I've been in a bit of a mood lately, I guess I will. Hi, I'm Dean Ambrose. And if you're wondering if you should believe the hype, yeah, you should. I'm every bit as good as they say I am. Everything you've heard is true and more. I'm one in a million. Best in the world is just a gimmick. I'm better than the best. I actually am as good as everybody else pretends to be. It's scary. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good to be me. But if there's one thing that I can't stand that makes my blood boil, it's being ignored. 
I'm being ignored. Even when I yell and scream and beg as loud as I can for a match, that's not going to happen. A match that's not going to happen because someone knows that he will never beat me again. He could barely put me away when I had a dislocated shoulder. Someone knows that I'm an indestructible wrestling machine and I get better every day. That I know every trick in his book. That I know counters to his counters, counters. That I'm on another level. But that's fine because someone can just sit there at that table every week and watch me be better than he ever was. Is he he goading you into a rebuttal, William? I mean... What do you have to say to that? I can only imagine not only what Dean is thinking, but what you're thinking, folks. This is definitely not the end between these two competitors, folks. We'll be right back. The match that would happen in July 2012 was sadly the last match between these two as this incredible storyline never had its trilogy ending and it's interesting now going back as as i went through and did research for this episode that in my mind i think i almost built this up maybe more as a feud than it was there was weird points where summer ray is some kind of psychiatrist would be involved as well as other characters it's it's almost as i said earlier in this this episode that the silence lets you painting the blanks and that's what made you care more about this whole feud the matches in themselves both matches stand alone as incredible works of art and absolutely there was moments of brilliance from both ambrose's promos and william regal's commentary but but i do feel that this really is down to the potential that could have been if this was nxt if this was a year or two later i really think this would have been better produced and had better construction with it. We don't really know why there was an eight-month period between the first match and the second. Maybe down to William Regal winding down his in-ring career, even on the main roster, and several factors with Dean Ambrose maybe picking up injuries along the way. But I do feel that although the feud has some bullet points, some asterisks next to it, where it definitely could have been improved, this final match that happened was one of the most interesting takes on modern wrestling i really do think that it was one that this idea that we have now of william regal that we all look at him as this incredible wrestler and this legend that he is and we absolutely should that this was really the beginning of us looking at regal differently this feud would later spawn two other feuds that would actually happen in nxt the first one with cassius ono desperately trying to get the attention of regal which led to a match and and the other a a chance one-off match with cesaro that again is absolutely worth your time watching but the one thing from that cesaro match that really stood out for me was one of my favorite pro wrestling promos of all time it's one that breaks so many rules that were taught as trainee wrestlers or people that or professionals when we start coming into the business, but it's one that has emotion, it's one that has heart, and it's one that makes you care about the people in the match. So one of my favorite matches of all time is William Regal versus Dean Ambrose from Florida Championship Wrestling. 
You can watch this match on the WWE Network. It's located in the Hidden Gems. If you want to watch the first match, it's not available on the network. But all I'm going to say is all you need to type into Google is William Regal versus Dean Ambrose. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is really different for me to do. And and if there is interest for me to do more of these in the future, it's definitely something I would really enjoy doing. At the minute, I'm really just trying to do some different stuff with, with this format that I've been given. Um, and again, it's there's going to be stuff that's going to work and there's going to be stuff that isn't. And hopefully this week's episode is something that does work. If you enjoyed the matchup that I've suggested, please drop me a tweet. But for now, this week's episode, I'm going to leave you with the incredible promo that William Regal cut on Antonio Cesaro in his final contest in NXT. I'm in the late autumn of my 30-year career. And recently I've been pondering over the legacy of William Regal. What's it all been about? I'm a vicious and sadistic and spiteful fighter. I've been a unique entertainer. I never achieved the one thing that I coveted the most, and that was to become the world heavyweight champion. But that's my fault, because I have a wonderful knack of getting myself into a lot of trouble. But to the people who really know, I've always been a second-to-none world-class technical wrestler. That was until Antonio Cesaro came along. Because I know, even on my best day, he's ten times the man and the wrestler that I've ever been. And he knows that. And that's what this is really all about. He has an intense desire to prove it, and I truly commend him for it. I'm going into this match knowing that the only chance I've got of surviving, let alone winning, is a miracle. And that's not coming to a faithless old villain like myself. I'm not worried or scared of my plight. In fact, I'm relishing the thought. I am going to compete with every drop of violent venom that I've got left. And if this is the end, well, I honestly can't think of a more noble way to go than being beaten by the ultimate competitor. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.